Many are getting rich. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is a senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Shout Give a clap of praise to the Lord. Kindly take your seat in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. Now, how you progress in your life matters. How you progress in life matters. Whether you advance speedily or advance slowly, it matters to the destination that you want to attain. And so there are those who will move fast and there are those who will move slow. The Bible teaches us that the word of God is quick. It's quick. It's quick. Meaning God's word can bring speed into your life. This morning I pray to the living God that may his word bring speed into your life. May his word bring you into speed the manifestation of your divine destiny in the precious name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Precious Father, I submit myself to you and to the power of your spirit this morning. I pray that Lord, let my lips be anointed to minister as oracles unto you. Let every single one under the sound of my voice hear you clearly and may their lives never ever be the same again. Even those who are connected online, Father, let there be a visitation. Let them testify that my God has shown himself strong in my life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Somebody shout a big amen. Oh, is that a shout? I shout a big amen. Give a clap of praise to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Please, make sure you are not sleeping in the house of God. And make sure every part of you is awake. There are times I realize that I'll be awake, but my voice is asleep. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So, there are parts of your body that can be asleep while the rest of your body is awake. Make sure everything is awake so that I can receive from God this morning. This morning, I want to share with you on the subject of uh, captioned, provoking the goodness of God through the lifestyle of faith. Provoking the goodness of God through the lifestyle of faith. When you look into the Bible, you realize that the Bible gives us a certain understanding that salvation has already been made available to us. In fact, to be saved means to receive eternal life. Eternal life is a very life of God that he has, that makes God God. Every creature has its particular life. And the life that is in a creature determines the character and the characteristics of that creature. 
The other day I was sharing with you in church that nobody taught a little dog how to bark. No. The mother dog did not come and say, these are the syllables of barking. There is woe and there is o. So, when every dog, every, so you, uh, you, uh, you uh, I don't know, but the other time I was passing somewhere and I saw there was a school. It was a school of dogs. They were teaching them how to bark. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that possible? That is not possible. Because nobody teaches a dog how to bark. But by reason of the dog life that is in that dog, it produces the characteristics of a dog. So, it is not a strange thing when you see a dog barking. Similarly, the life that we have in us affects our lifestyle. Are we together? The life that we have in us affects the manifestations of God in our lives. And when we are not born again, we have the natural life. And so we are limited by the nature. We are limited by the natural life. Well, the Bible says that when we became born again, we receive eternal life. First John chapter number 5, you read from the verse number 11. The Bible tells us very emphatically that there is a certain record. Thank you for facing the scriptures. There is a certain record. There is a certain testimony. And the Bible says that this is a testimony that God has given us life. Now, did he say that God will give us eternal life? He said God has done what? Come on, talk to me. God has done what? He has given us. That is past tense. That means that when we talk about eternal life, it is not what you are going to receive when you die. No, some people think that we will receive eternal life after we have died and we have gone to heaven. No, the Bible makes it very clear that the eternal life of God has been given to us, has been made available to us now. Somebody say, have life now. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe will not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Well, that shall has already shall. <laughs> amen and amen. Somebody have said that he said he shall, we shall have everlasting life. It was because at that time nobody was born again. Nobody had yet believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. But after Jesus' death and resurrection, the life that he had, he has made it available and accessible to everybody who would choose to believe in him and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and their personal Savior. Once you accept him, the life comes to you. First John 5, 11 says that he has given us eternal life. And the verse number 12 says, this life is in his son. He that has a son has this life. In fact, the same verse 11. He that has a son has life. So when you have the son, you have Jesus Christ in your life, you have life already. Now, the beautiful thing about this life is that it brought a lot of things along with it. It brought healing. It brought peace. It brought power, it brought favor, it brought forgiveness of sins, it brought the mercy of God, it brought the grace of God, it brought the grace of God, it brought the goodness of God, it brought the kindness of God. But you see, somebody who said, Pastor, you are saying that when I became born again, all these things were given to me, then why am I suffering so much in life? 
Why does it seem as though I am not seeing manifestations of it in my life? You say that by stripes you were healed. Why is it that my body is still so weak with sickness? Why is it that disease seems to be tearing my body apart? Why is it that I am not seeing the goodness of God? Well, it is because in Christ there are two things you need to consider. The legal aspects of our salvation, which is what Jesus has made available to everyone of us by faith. And so in the realm of the spirit, it is manifest. And then there's a second part of it called the vital part. The vital part is talking about the place of manifestation. And for you to enter into the manifestation of everything that God has made available, you need to learn how to provoke it. Somebody say provoke. That is why you find me captioning most of my messages, provoking, provoking. In other words, it means activating. It means tearing up. It means bringing into expression. There are many people who are working with God, but they are not seeing certain expressions of God in their lives. And at the end of the day, it looks as though their faith in Christ has become nothing. It is because they don't know how to provoke it. They don't know how to provoke it. If we say that God is our father, that means that God is our supplier. That means that God is our sustainer. Yet some are going through very serious seasons of poverty, seasons of lack. The problem is not with God. The problem is with us. We have not learned how to provoke, how to stir up and how to activate the things that God has made available for us. Glory to Jesus Christ. And this month we have been, we decided by the Spirit of God that we want to look into the goodness of God. The goodness of God. Romans chapter 11 verse number 22. The Bible says, consider the goodness and the severity of God. Another version of the same scripture says that, consider the kindness and the sternness of God. So there are two aspects of God that he wants us to understand. There is a the kind part of God, which is his goodness. And then there is a severe part of God, which is his tenderness. Yet the Bible says that his goodness is to us. He said to those who fail, his tenderness, but kindness to you. That means that in God's regard of us, the first expression of his character is his goodness. What do we mean by the goodness of God? We are talking about the kindness of God. We are talking about the mercy of God. We are talking about the grace of God. We are talking about the, 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 the benevolence of God in our lives. That God will look upon us and will look at us charitably enough to, pro- to, to work a miracle in our lives. To cause us to experience unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. This is what we call the goodness of God. There's something I realize uh, is able to provoke that goodness. During uh, Tuesday uh, communion service, I shared on the subject provoking the same goodness through the fear of God. One of the things that can provoke the manifestation of God's heart and hands towards you is for you to fear Him. If you are not somebody who fears the Lord, forget it. Your life has not even started at all. The Bible says that the fear of God is what? The beginning of wisdom. Without the fear of God, wisdom has not even started. And without wisdom, you are, you are doomed to fail. You are doomed to fail. No matter how much money you may have, no matter the family that you come from, without wisdom, you are doomed to fail. And the Bible is showing us that wisdom that will give us victory in life is provoked by the fear of God. 
So if you don't fear God, your life is already on a standstill. If you don't fear God, you, are, you, are, you have not even started the journey at all. The fear of God is what will cause us to be endeared to the heart of God. The Bible said, the Lord encamped around them that fear Him. That means that God protects those who fear Him. The Bible said, those who uh, fear the Lord, they met together and they spoke often one to another. And the Bible says that a book of remembrance was writ- was open or written before them, for them before the Lord. So it means that there is something about fearing God that can attract the presence of God into your life. That can attract the goodness of God into your life. The unsro nyami nyami There is something about nyamisro. The fear of God, where you tremble before him. Why do you think that Moses was so unique? The Bible says that when he saw the anger of God on the mountain, he said, I exceedingly trembled and I quaked. I can just imagine Prophet Moses in all his glory and his knees to be shaking like this. Why? Because he has seen that our God is a consuming fire. God is not just a God who is a father and his love. He's also a consuming fire. He's also consuming fire. The same fire that was giving warmth and protection to the children of Israel was the same fire that was totally destroying the, 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 the Egyptians. Oh, somebody said that. But I say your God is love. Why is it that he's, he's causing so many people to die? Well, God has two sides. You can choose the side that you want to fellowship with. You can choose the side that you want to engage with. Glory to Jesus Christ. So God wants us to fear him. When you fear the Lord, God, the heart of God is drawn towards you. Glory to Jesus Christ. So go back and go and listen to that message. It should have been uploaded on uh, YouTube and on uh, the podcast uh, channels by now. Well, it will bless you, I'm telling you. It will bless you. Today, I, I cannot talk about that because I've already shared on that. But today, my focus is on those who trust the Lord. Another category of people that God seems... Look, Smith, a Wigglesworth of blessed memory, a mighty man of God, many, many years ago, over 100 years ago, he was one of the popular evangelists who was affecting the United States of America, affecting the United Kingdom with the healing power of God. Smith Wigglesworth was a prophet of God. Smith Wigglesworth did not have a good educational background, yet God chose him to use him as to touch the lives of many. He was a plumber by trade, and so the anointing came upon his life, and God made him a prophet and an evangelist in his time. And Smith Wigglesworth was known by one major characteristic. The man was a man of faith. The man was a man of faith. He had come to discover the power of God so strongly by faith. And Smith Wigglesworth made a very profound statement, and he said, there's something about believing that will cause God to jump a thousand other people to get to you. It will cause God to leave a hundred other people just to get you. Remember the Bible told us about a woman who was bleeding, had an issue of blood for 12 good years. The Bible said that one day, in the days when Jesus had become very popular in Israel, he was passing through town, and there were hundreds and thousands of people around him, and all of them were touching him. But this woman also, who was bleeding and very weak, she came through the crowd, and she also touched Jesus Christ. Jesus said, who touched me? The, the, his disciples said, Master, you always do strange things. 
Look at the number of people around you. Literally, they are jojorizing you. It is a, it's a word. Glory to Jesus Christ. Please be careful. It's a word. Amen. It's what the tree say, Omu Jojo, Omu Jojo. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. They didn't go to a good school, so they don't know what I'm talking about. They were pushing. He said, I said, the crowd stronger be. The crowd is literally pressing on you. And you are saying, I will touch you. Everybody is touching you. But there is a special touch that is able to get the attention of Jesus. And it was a touch of faith. The woman touched the hem of his garment. Literally, she did not even touch his body. It was just an aspect of what was touching him. When you have faith, you don't even need to touch God. What is touching God? When you touch it, God will do something about your situation. If she touched the hem of his garment, and Jesus said, somebody touched me. The woman, after she looked into her body and she saw that the, the, the blood flow had ended, and now she, she, she felt better, she had been healed. She came, she bowed down before Jesus, and she testified. Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Daughter, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Meaning her touch was not an ordinary touch. It was a touch of faith. It was a touch of faith. It was a touch of faith. If we can learn how to have the touch of faith, Listen, God can even, if God has decided that today there's no miracle in this place, you, you receive your miracle before you go. There's something about faith that is able to provoke the goodness of God. A man came to Jesus Christ and he came, in fact, when he came, Jesus was on the mountain with Peter, James, and John and they were praying. And he came to meet the disciples of Jesus, the nine other disciples, and he came with his child. His son was vexed by a demon. The spirit came upon the child and the child began to shake like epilepsy as we know it today. That tells you that epilepsy is a spirit. Is a demonic spirit. If you are parent, don't say that my child has epilepsy. Tell, say that the demon of epilepsy is worrying my child. When you know that it's a demon, you can cast it out. Are, you, are we together? I said, are we together? Yes. We have accepted too many things. We have accepted too many things that we should not accept. So, the Bible tells us, when Jesus Christ came, the man saw Jesus descending from uh, the mountain and he went and he bowed down before Jesus and said, Master, if you can do anything to help us, please help us. Do you know what Jesus said? He said, it's not about if I can do anything to help you. It is about if you believe. He said, for all things are possible to him that believeth. That means that the goodness of God that could bring the deliverance of a child was not whether God wants to do it or not. was about whether he could believe that God would do it for him or not. You know, many years ago, I used to have one problem. And the problem was, I, it's not that I didn't believe in God, the God of miracles. It's not that I didn't believe that God could heal, could not, could heal or uh, that God, I didn't believe that God could heal the sick. I believed. But somewhere, somehow, I couldn't believe that God would do it for me. There are many people who can talk about the greatness of God, but when it comes to seeing God doing it for them in their lives, it is a, a very difficult concept to conceive. Whether it is because they feel as though they are not deserving, they have lived a very sinful lifestyle, or, or somewhere, somehow, they cannot appreciate that God can come through for them, and God can intervene in their situations. And so because of that, they are given the shorthand of life. Why? Because their faith is hampered and their faith is hindered.
As I'm speaking right now, there are people in this room, and even though we talk about God is a miracle working God, you still find it difficult to see that God can work a miracle in my life, that God can show up in my finances, that God can bring a supernatural intervention into my case. I pray that tonight, this morning, God will stir up your faith. I say, I pray that God will stir up your faith and give you a vision of faith for you to see God coming to work in your life. In Psalm 27, the verse number 13, the psalmist David, I believe, said something that was very remarkable. He said that I would have despaired. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. He said, I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Kojovi version says that I, unless I would have fainted. Kojovi means King James Bible. King James Version, KJV. Hallelujah. He said, I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. From here we can see that there's a clear establishment between the goodness of God and faith. Between the goodness of God and faith. He said, I believe that I will see the goodness of God. Other versions put the faith in, in, in terms of confidence. Confidence. He said, I am confident that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Listen, I have a confidence concerning your life. That you see the goodness of God before the end of this year. I have a confidence concerning your life. That 2024 is going to be the best year for you. I have a certain confidence concerning Sending your life that what was not working for you in 2023 by the time we hit March in 2024, it shall become a testimony to you. I say it shall become a testimony to you. I say it shall become a testimony to you. If you are receiving it, say I receive it now. He said, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I've already told you what the goodness of God is. We are talking about His favor, His mercy, His healing, His benevolence, His kindness towards us. The favor, the goodness of God is that which causes God to help us in every situation. I don't know what you are going through in life, but may God help you. I said, may God help you. I said, may God help you. But how do you attract this help of God? Listen to me. And I want you to follow me carefully for the next few minutes. I'm not sure I'll be able to finish this message today, so I'll continue on Tuesday. The lifestyle of faith is a life that God has called us to live. And there's a clear connection between the life of faith and the power of God. Between the life of faith and the goodness of God. That man obtained healing and deliverance for his child. Why? Because he chose to believe. When Jesus told him that ah, all things are possible to him that believed, he said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. That meant that forgive my unbelief. That means I've pardoned my unbeliever. I'm sorry that I did not believe before, but now I believe. And it was after he believed that the healing and the deliverance came for his child. The goodness of God manifesting through healing. Why? It was attracted by the man's feet. It was attracted by the man's feet. There was a certain uh, religious leader in the days of Jesus and his name was Jairus. Jairus had a little girl and the little girl became grievously sick. Very, very sick to the point of death. The Bible said that Jairus heard about Jesus' ministry and rushed to go and look for Jesus. Listen, wise men look for Jesus. 
Oh, I said, why is man look for Jesus? If you are not looking for Jesus in your business, you are not looking for Jesus in your family, you are not looking for Jesus in your life, listen, you are not among the wise. The Bible told us that wise men from the east, even at the birth of Jesus, they came to look for Jesus. Wise men look for Jesus. Who are you looking for? I said, who are you looking for? Are you looking for money? Are you looking for fame? Are you looking for a name? Are you looking for a boy? Are you looking for a girl? What are you looking for? Wise men look for Jesus. And you know the beautiful thing? When you find Jesus, everything else is with Jesus. Oh, everything else is with Jesus. Everything else is with Jesus. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, I said, hallelujah. No, Jairus went looking for Jesus. Why? Because his daughter was at the, on the verge of death. He went to see Jesus, and Jesus was preaching. And G, he told Jesus the condition, he said, Master, will you come with me? You see, for him to leave his, his sick daughter, and to go and look for Jesus, the man must have had feet. The man must have had feet. I have had people who have died. Why? Because they told them that let us come and see Pastor Eben in Overcomers Nation. God is using him to heal the sick. They said, no, no, the distance is too far. But if it was to take the person to India for a surgery, they would take the person. They would take the person. I'm telling you, I'm not God, but I know whom I believed. And I know what he has called me to do. There are many people who have perished. Just, and the reason why they did that is not, it's not because the, the distance was far. It's because they didn't believe. It is, are you understanding me? It is not because of the distance. So, if you have faith, faith will take you to where you are supposed to go to. Are, are we together? If you have faith, if you have faith in this ministry, and you are living at Bogatanga, somewhere, somehow, you find your way from Bogatanga to this place. Because you know that this is, and I've had people come all the way from Tamale. There was a certain lady who was going through some problems with her spiritual marriage, and it was messing up every area of her life. She was a nurse. And when she came, she came to church, she introduced herself. I think she was called Malaika or something like that. And she, she's, I, she, I, I, as I was interviewing her, she, and I asked her where she's coming from, she said, Pastor, I took leave from work, and I've come all the way from Bogatanga to come to Accra, because I need deliverance from this situation that has been troubling me. Something moved in my spirit. That same day, she got a deliverance. Now she's back at Bogatanga living her life. Living her life. What to cause a man, or this, in this case, a woman, to leave Bogatanga and come to Accra, come and look for a small boy like this? It is because something was in her heart, and that thing is called faith. And God honest faith. God respects faith because God Himself is a God of faith. And so anybody who functions by faith, God says, Wow, this person is acting like me. This person is acting like me. Are you understanding me? For God said, Let there be light. How sure is it that light will come? It is faith that made God say, Let there be light. And the light come or not? Light came. Why did God send Jesus Christ? He had faith. Imagine Jesus came to die. And then now, he comes to die so that he will save us from our sins, right? And for us to actually be saved from our sins, we have to accept him and believe in him. If we chose that we will not accept Jesus Christ, it means that Jesus has died in vain. That means our book has Nashi. Heaven, heaven flies Nashi. The man took a heaven to, uh, uh, fly from heaven to earth, and he came to suffer and die. He had a certain faith that one day, what a believer could never hear the message, even though he has not seen Jesus with his eyes before, he would believe it. And his faith worked. I believe in Jesus. If I why am I sweating over here? It's because I'm preaching a Jesus that I've not seen with my eyes before. 
What are you talking about? That is called faith. That is called faith. You see the way Sunday is not then he said. It's not then he said believing in a Jesus he has not seen before. That is called faith. Why are we all gathered over here? It is because of a Jesus we are... Come on, talk to me. Have you seen Jesus before? Have you seen Jesus with your optical eyes before? But he's the reason why we are here. Why are we here? It's because of that thing called faith. That thing called faith. And that faith is what you need for to experience anything. If the faith could bring salvation, do you think the faith cannot bring money? You think the faith cannot bring healing? You think the faith cannot bring deliverance? You think the faith cannot bring what you are expecting? That is why I'm sharing with you on this subject, provoking the favor of God, provoking the kindness of God, provoking the goodness of God through the lifestyle of faith. When you can live your life every day on the plane of faith, on the dimension of faith, things will begin to work for you. Psalm 31, the verse number 19. The Bible says that, oh, how great is your goodness. How great is your goodness, which you have laid out for them that fear you. So the fear of God is able to provoke the goodness of God. But listen to this. The which you have wrought or worked for them that take refuge in you before the sons of men. Before the sons of men. Before the sons of men. Why? Because they trust in you. Because they trust in you. He said, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear you, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in you, before the sons of men. So when you trust in God, God has prepared a check. <laughs> a check, and on the check, he has written my goodness. And that check is payable to anybody who can trust in him. Somebody, you are not getting me. You are not understanding me. Let me let's read the scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't clap at that because <laughs> all those who are clapping, you have been as open. You, you, you. <laughs> Look at this. He said, oh, listen, this, let's, let's take it step by step. How great is your goodness? Now, what I said is the goodness of God. What is the goodness of God? Number one, his favor. Number two, his grace. Number three, his kindness. It looks like only these who came to church. Uh, number four, okay, what will you call the goodness of God if it manifests in your life? Mercy. One, uh-huh. Faithful, what? Faithfulness, two. What else? Love, three. Favor, four. Kindness, five. Money. Ah, you see, this is the person I'm looking for. You see, Christians, they have made themselves spiritual. Ah, oh, so when you say God has been good to you, oh, it's the goodness, it's the favor of God, it's the grace of God. What is the grace of God? It will manifest in something. It will manifest. I was answered to my prayers. I was looking for a car. He gave me a car. Are we together? I was sick. He healed me. You see, we, the reason why many people are not seeing the favor of God is because they, they don't even know what they should call the favor of God. They are not specific. They think that when they ask God for material things, it means that they are carnal. No, they are not carnal. They are not carnal. Do you understand me? It means that you actually have faith. You actually have faith. That God, do this for me and I'll give you praise. Settle this matter in my life and I'll give you praise. You are on your way to prison and God turns that situation around. That is His goodness in your life. 
You were sick and God healed you. That's his goodness in your life. So, now, with that in mind, he says that how great is your goodness. So, healing, divine supply, his favor manifesting and bringing you advantage in various areas of your life. How great is your goodness. And then he says that that goodness, he has laid it up. What does it mean to lay up? It means that to store up, to heap, to gather, and to put in an account somewhere, waiting for the right time to release it to the one who deserves it. And he says that you are put in store. Look at that. This is what Bible in basic English. You are put in store to your for your worshippers. The King James says that for those that fear you. So it means that when you fear God, the check <laughs> is paid in your name. Because he has laid it up. Are you, are you getting me? Now, if you are parents over here, and you are working to build wealth, or to build property, and the reason why you are gathering the property, is because of what? Your children. So when your children grow up to a certain age, and they can take advantage of the wealth that you have gathered, that is them receiving the, your goodness to them. So God has gathered a certain goodness. He has stored it up. And there are categories of people who he wants to experience that goodness. Number one, those that fear him. Number two, those that put their trust in him. Those that put their trust in him. It means that those that have faith in God. They attract the goodness of God. So again, in this scripture, we see a direct connection between faith and the goodness of God. Let me show you another scripture. Isaiah chapter 26. Verse number 3 and verse number 4. It said, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusted in thee. Verse 4. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. That means that in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting power. How do you get that power? He's giving us that counsel. Trust in the Lord. In the verse number 3, said that you keep him in perfect peace. The peace over there is from the Hebrew word shalom, shalom. The word shalom, it means, does not just mean peace with quietness. In other words, oh, not, nothing is happening, there's silence everywhere. No, the, in the Hebrew, that is not what peace is. Peace is welfare. Peace is prosperity. Peace is the kindness of God that opens the doors for them. So when you see a Hebrew person meeting another Hebrew person, the Greek thing that they greet each other is shalom, shalom. What are they saying? Let it be well with you. Let your business do well. Let your children do well. Let everything that you do prosper. So you see perfect peace over there. He's talking about the shalom, shalom kind of peace. It's not just peace where, oh, there's no war in Ghana. No, 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 no. He's talking about where everything is working together for your good. Are we understanding the Bible over here? Listen, it is the Bible that explains itself. Don't look at the English and miss out on what it actually means. I'm explaining it to you. And he's saying that God will keep that person in peace whose mind is stayed on him. Why? Because the person does what? Come on, read it. Because he does what? He trusts in you. He trusts in you. Again, you see a connection between the goodness of God and trust or faith. Let me give you another scripture. This time let's jump to the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. I think this one everybody knows it. Hebrews 11, 6. What are you saying over there? Yes. 
Some people are just pretending that they know. It's a confidence strictness in the house of God. Read what is on the screen right now. Shall we read in Hebrews 11.6? Ready? Go. It is impossible to please him. Who is him? God. Let's go on. Must do what? Must believe that he is. And if you believe that he is, what will he do? Read it. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So when you believe in God, there's a reward that comes to you. Again, we see there's a connection between faith and then the goodness of God. So if you are going to experience the goodness of God, you need to have faith. You need to have trust. Trust is a lifestyle. Faith is the element, but trust is the lifestyle. It's the lifestyle of believing in God. It's the lifestyle of faith. When faith becomes your lifestyle, you wake up every day and your trust is not your own, it's not your account, it's not your own strength. Your focus is that it is God who is able to do it for me. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. The Bible says, Trust in the law with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In what? Oh, how many of them? All your ways. How many ways? How many ways? Is it, just, is it just Christianity and not your marriage? Is it just Christianity and not your, your education? Is it just Christianity and not your business? Is it just Christianity and not your job? In how many ways? All your ways. All your ways. This is another problem that many people are facing. They are not able to bring God into all their ways. And because of that, you don't experience the power of God. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. In other words, He will, he will direct your path to where you are supposed to get to. I pray that faith will be set up in somebody's heart tonight. Or this, this morning, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I see your faith rising up to the next level. I said, I see your faith rising up to the next level. What then is the lifestyle of faith? I'm just going to give you about two points. And under those two points, there are sub-points. Hallelujah. And then we are, we, are, we are wrapping it up for this morning. What is the lifestyle of faith? You need to understand that faith is a lifestyle. It is not just about prayer. Many a time when we talk about faith, people are just thinking about, oh, when you pray, you have to have faith. No. When you wake up in the morning, you have to have faith. When you are bathing, you have to have faith. When you are sleeping, you have to have faith. When you are dressing, you have to have faith. When you are stepping out of the house and you are walking on the street, everything in Christ is about faith. Second Corinthians chapter 5, the verse number 7. Second Corinthians chapter 5, the verse number 7. What does the Bible say over there? We walk by faith and not by sight. Now let's take it from the New International Version of the Holy Bible. It, in the new NIV Version of the Bible, it says that we live by faith. We live by faith and not by sensory perception, not by sight. In Christ, you don't live according to how you feel. Am I talking to somebody over here? In Christ, it's not about what you see with your eyes. In Christ, it's not about how you feel. That is why you can be feeling sick, but God says that you are healed. Somebody's not getting me over here. That is why you can be here and there's no money in your pocket, but God says that you are rich. Oh, you are not getting me over here. That is why you may be the last person in your family, but God says that you are fresh. Because in Christ, it's not about what we see, it's about what we believe. What do you believe? So when you live your life on that premise, you can break through anytime. 
You can break through anytime. The Bible says that by faith, in Hebrews 11, the verse number, is it verse number 2, the elders obtained a good report. In other words, they got good testimonies. Why? By faith. If you have faith, testimonies are going to come your way. Everything you see over here in this church is a product of faith. It's a product of faith. When we came here and there was nothing, the Lord said that we should believe Him. When we began to believe, the belief started bringing speakers, started bringing air conditioners, started bringing televisions, started bringing carpets, started bringing everything that you see around you. This is not a product of any man. No man can come and say that I am the one. The secret behind Pastor Eben's church that I sponsored everything over here. I am the MP that did it. Come on, forget about them. The last time an MP came to this church, he brought an envelope of 100 Ghana cities. 100 Ghana cities, what are we going to do with it? Are, are we together? Even to sustain a children's church for one Sunday, 100 Ghana cities is, 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 is minuscule. It's small. Oh my God. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Are you understanding me? So, there's no human being that can say that I am, the, I am the secret behind all of these things. There's only one five letter word that I can attribute all of this to. And it is what? Faith. F-A-I-T-A. Faith. If you believe, oh my God. Look at that. Now, we have two buses in our name. Two buses in our name. Less than six years of existence at the church. And God has given us two buses. Are, we, are you understanding me? It's not that your pastor went to live in America or live in Canada and has gathered some Canadian dollars and Obagana mean my God. Some of you have to pray for you to travel though, because when you go there and you oh receive it now, receive it now, receive it now. Because oh ah, that's the so yeah, I'll be with you. Then apostolic dance will come. Then we move to Bobukalasa. Now, if you are young, you don't know Bobukala. Amen and amen. Uh, how many of you don't know Bobukala? Give me a wave. Any Bobukala? Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It was not by might. When God asked me to resign from my work as a pharmacist to come and focus on the ministry, I had not even gathered up to 10,000 Ghana cities. Now I would say that, oh, I had savings, a lot of savings. And so when I started the ministry, I'll push the savings into the ministry. No. And God made me organize one program. The first program that we first organized, Prophetic Eagles Convocation, a one-day program. The budget exceeded 10,000 Ghana cities. One day program. And so my benefits that came when I resigned uh, for working there for a number of years, in that one program, all the benefits disappeared. I said, God, what is this? He said, I want you to be like Abraham. 
start with nothing and I'll make you into something. Today God is showing himself glorious. Now other, other men of God, people who are even older than me, they look up to me. Look, as we are, as I'm preaching right now, pastors and pastors are going to come on our page, on Facebook and on YouTube, and they are going to look at the thing. If it, how many of you realize that we started organizing programs all of a sudden, people started using the same team all over the place? It is because God said, I'll pick your nothingness and I'll make something out of you. I didn't hear about prophets. One of my sons came to me and said, uh, Papa, I was doing some work for this prophet. Do you know him? I know that prophet very well. A big prophet in Taiwan. And they are trying to even steal our members. They are trying to steal our members. With all their incumption. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. The one who had faith. Are you understanding me? So faith can make a, a somebody out of a nobody. Are you there at the place where you are feeling hopeless? Where it looks as though there's no tomorrow for you. Where you, when you look into your family background, there's no helper. Oh, have you heard that thing that they've been saying? Many obophobia, many obophobia, obophobia ni ebusionim, obophobia ni edi yakwem, obofo. The only obofo you need is faith, because faith will connect to God, and God will do it for you. Give the Lord some praise right now. Listen, if you put your trust in men, it becomes a curse to you. The Bible says, cursed is the man who puts his trust in men. How do you say curse in? Gee, numie o, numie enka, nia odi ni jidye, beshe ni pemu. Glory to Jesus Christ. I'm coming, I told you, PhD in jidye, by all means. They will give it to me. Glory to Jesus Christ. What I'm talking right now, I'm trying to process the downwards by you next week by this time to come. Glory to Jesus Christ. It is a curse to put your faith in men. Oh, me will for BC of Ayamami. An uncle said he would do it for me. An aunt said he should do it for me. Listen, they are going to disappoint you very soon. Even if they don't want to disappoint you, maybe they can go and die. And out of the death, they have disappointed you. They themselves, that you are putting your faith in them, they don't have control of their lives. Oh, my uncle is a CEO. Well, one day they will sack him. God forbid. <laughs> I'll say amen. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. My, my, my father is a politician. Four years time. Maximum eight years time. Which we, we refuse to break any age. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Look, look Rich, having to head on the news, politicians who had all the money and they died behind their steering wheel. They died behind their steering wheel. When they were dying, the money could not help them. The money could not save them. It is dangerous to put your trust in men. Put your trust in God. Put your trust in God. Let that become your lifestyle. Let that become your lifestyle. When you do that, you see the glory of God. The lifestyle of faith. From Tuesday, I'm going to teach you what are the components of this lifestyle. When we say that living the life of faith, what does it entail? There are three things. Number one, agreement. Number two, confessions. And number three, actions. When you can put these three things together, your faith will always produce results. When you can put these three things together, that is when you are actually living by faith. When I didn't understand the word of God, whenever they say have faith, what do I do? I pump my chest. Have faith, have faith. Oh my goodness. Hey, 
No, that is not faith. That is not faith. No, look, you are behaving like you don't know what you, I, I'm talking about, but that's what you did just yesterday. Oh, Nahemo Kehili. Inahemo Kehili. Inahemo. Oh, but Omale. You see, we need to, if you don't understand it, you beat around about the bush so many times and nothing will be working. And I said, I believe. Look, there's something about faith. Faith always works. If it is faith, it works. Jesus said all things are possible to him that believes. The way Jesus puts it, faith cannot fail. I said what? So if it is faith, it will work. Three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. If it is faith, it will work. If it is faith, it will work. That means that what you had was something else. It wasn't the Bible kind of faith. Please, on Tuesday, I'll be teaching you about the Bible kind of faith. Out of that faith, somebody's going to get their first one million Ghana cities. Glory to Jesus Christ. Out of that faith, somebody's going to get their first house. You are going to get your first car. You are going to get your first promotion. Listen, me, that is, when it comes to faith, that is my major. Everybody has, has their major. Me, my major is faith. When I get onto the subject of faith, it's like a, 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 a dog after a rabbit tree. I can go and go and go and go and go and go. Glory to Jesus Christ. And it works. I taught about faith for healing some years ago. And then one gentleman took the thing I had taught and he went to a village in the upper water and he went to teach the same thing. Do you know what happened? The same healings that happened at San Lord Hotel, the same miracles that are happening over there. Because the thing works. The subject works. Listen, this faith can heal people of any kind of condition. We, right in this room, we have seen people who are having breast cancer. And faith healed them. Faith healed them. The way this girl is saying yes. You can see that. I think her mom also had that same deliverance. By faith. How's your mom's breast now? It's perfect. So you have been checking your mom's breast. <laughs> amen and amen. She has not complained. Now we are talking. <laughs> she took the oil. Doctors need anti-cancer medicines to heal cancer conditions. But she took oil that she believed in from here. Ordinary oil. I was just hoping that she was going to use, she was not going to use it to go and fry some eggs. Hallelujah. That oil, when you use it to fry eggs, the, the eggs will multiply. <laughs> Unbelievers are closed their service. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Come on. You can hear the testimonies. You have tried it before. Glory to Jesus. But she used it. Her mom's breast was in pain. Was swollen. She could not even wear clothes. Now your mom can dress. She wears bra. Wow. Was it all this year? Just this year. The breast was so inflamed. had become so big. She was lying down. She could not go anywhere. She could not move. She, could, uh, she had to be walking half naked. Can you imagine that? God punished the devil. I said, God punished the devil. I said, God punished. When the devil is coming, he wants to disgrace you. Imagine what he wants. You see, the way you are dressed nicely, the devil doesn't like it. That is why you have to spot the more. Do you know what is called spot? Oh, people don't. This generation, they don't. I mean, they don't know what spot is. Amen. When we talk about spot, it means it means that eleganza. 
Oh my God. Glory to Jesus Christ. It means that put on your best clothes. Because you know why? That is what the devil doesn't want you to have. Listen, anybody that you have nice clothes, and then you, you, you don't wear it, say, oh, I'm waiting for the right time. I'm waiting for the right time. It's the devil that is telling you that. Uh, when we leave this place, everybody go and look to your clothes. All the nice clothes from now to the end of the year, wear them every day. Wear one, wear one, wear one, wear one. What are you talking about? The devil doesn't like it too. The devil hates it. Make sure you look good. I said, make sure you look good. There is some little makeup. Punch your face a bit. Amen. Punch your face. A bit and come out. Amen. And get some pencil. Are you understanding me? If you cannot buy the one that you have you will buy a TV pencil. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You have to improvise. What are you talking about? <laughs> and shape the thing. Look good. Look good. And some of you, oh, it's not, uh, I don't like heels. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You have your flatness. But anytime you see those people wearing heels, you say, hey, no, Phil. Hey, there's something about heels. Even even if you don't have you don't have a, a certain class, it gives you a certain class. Hey, be going. What are you talking about? Look good. I said, look good. I said, look good. The way it is, Amuzu is looking. Ah, oh, glory to God. Yes. She, her husband is where she is first, so she must put a, a little difference. So she put something on her lips and then say, Aha. What are you talking about? Yeah. So, anyway, leaving the house, nothing. When, is, when they are coming, we'll be walking in front of her. <laughs> if she was not dressing well, by the time the wife will come out, he has got into the junction. Uh, I, I don't want you to see that I'm working with her. I said, look good. I said, look good. And we pray that, Lord, I want marriage. I want marriage. Lord, my husband, my husband. That your husband should be here stays. And so he's looking for somebody who also has stays. You have, then you go for prayer meeting and then your hair is bata. Bata. And you say you are watching and praying. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. I say amen and amen. Now let me start looking through over here. Hallelujah. Why you comb your hair? Comb it and let the hair become straight. What are you talking about? That the gentleman opening eyes to Master, you better fix this microphone for me over here. I am preaching in the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. It's good I have increased the volume because somebody must hear my voice today. I said somebody must hear my voice today. You oh me, I, I don't know how to do makeup. You can start. Uh, go to YouTube. Even if you come to my office, I can teach you a few things. Oh, weather pastor, I can do everything some. I said, I can do everything some. What are you talking about? Ah. Listen to me, let me tell you, look good though. Especially when you're in a relationship, look good. When you look very good, it will fast track the marriage. Because anytime you do video call or show any man say, I was so way over to Nanifi. 
Bible can say, oh, he, he, lo- he loves me. He loves me so it doesn't matter. Who told you it doesn't matter? Because after he told you I love you, now another lady was supposed to but I love you. No. Hallelujah. Have faith in God. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. I said, look good. Because you know that you serve a God who can sponsor you. Somebody say that, oh, look at that, because of the economy, I don't want to spend my money on makeup. I say, you make up, you ask your fair for this. Oh, blah, 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 blah. It's a kind of But if you come, you release this kind of man. Once I release this kind of begin to look good. God will favor everything I do. In the name of Jesus. Give a clap of praise to the Lord. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.ebenezaokolipa.com or call 0546-363957. God bless you.